Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hi there, welcome to uh, today's episode, which will be a little bit different, um, I think, which for obvious reasons I'm going to to tell you in a minute, but today's title is Curl Learning from a Creative Genius. As I'm recording this, it's a Friday, it's the 3rd of December. Unfortunately, in my world, um, there's a bit of sadness because somebody close to me passed on, on Wednesday morning. And I'm going to dedicate this episode to them. And it's likely that you haven't heard of his name, but it is also quite likely that this guy has probably um, affected somebody in your life or might affect them in the future uh, because of his work. And um, my, my job here, apart from just giving him a little airtime. And as I've often joked in this podcast, it is my podcast, so I can do what I like. So you can always turn me off if I'm not hitting the dial for you. But I am I feel like I want to do this for, for him. His name is Derek Young. Um, but I also want to do, I want to convey something to you that will give you value. Um, if you stick with me here, I think it will. So Derek um, is, is Irish. Uh, he's an inventor. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, CEO, a father, um, a brother, a friend, and um, you, you only—I f- th- I think I've got this right. Fifty-one. I've lost track of birthdays during the pandemic, <laughs> but fifty-one. Um, three gorgeous kids and a lovely, beautiful wife, Suzanne. Um, and so, you know, when something like that goes, it's obviously—it you know, always seems like it's not the right time or not the right thing. But it has happened. Um, and I'm only going to record a short episode here, but just some of the things to do with 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 Derek that I think are important, uh, just to understand in terms of his. He, he had over 32 patents to his name. Um, he was the co-founder of a number of European kind of medical device companies, and he had worked in, in different companies, and then ended up in the Royal College of Surgeons, which is obviously globally renowned in Dublin, and then spun out. What he always wanted to do was his own business, which he called I360 Medical. And he's also spearheaded about 12 medical device exits for different companies um, over the last, I don't know, 12 years. So really interesting character, very colorful character. I met him in my first job, actually, at the Irish business called Board Namona, which is the Irish for the Irish Pete Board. Um, he was very quiet, very shy. And that we met, I think, just about 30 years ago. Um, in I was working in the new business development division. He was working in the mechanical engineering function. He was a brilliant kind of a tinker of different things, um, always working on stuff with his hands. But really, it was his mind that I think, and that's what I want to talk about here because it is the inner edge. But Derek believed that everybody um, has an innate creativity and can use their minds to create way more than they do. And he, like me, he also believed that creativity wasn't exclusive to artists, that if you're building a business, that is essentially a creative act. If you're inventing something like he did, you know, uh, he, he basically helped 
and his company really at, at its at its heart was about helping surgeons who are there saving and protecting life every day to help them come up with ideas of the ideas that they had at the back of their mind that he created a process and a kind of an infrastructure and environment whereby they could give them the idea his company or a subset of his company and they would work to see could they make this idea something that could be commercial would it work and um, that is what they have done and that's what that business will continue to do because it has its own life now um, but I think what I want to share with you is that he was a great uh, example of using his mind to create great things. So he, he created inventions. He helped others to do the same. He also created a great home. Um, he lives or lived down in Wexford um, in a place called Blackwater, a small village. And he loved it there. But it was he, he had landed there with his family. And as he said to me, it was kind of his dream home in his dream location and in a place where he just felt like it was home when he got there. So he had created a great life. Um, I first met Derek, obviously, when I was single, when he was single, and we kind of went through the trials and tribulations and the victories and the ups and downs of life and then watched as each other created um, extensions of our lives. So <clears throat> one little story I just want to, I want to tell you, because Derek, <laughs> sometimes you'd think he'd be aware with the, aware with the fairies. Such was the way his mind worked. You wouldn't know necessarily what was true or what wasn't, but pretty much most of the time, everything he'd be telling me would eventually, I'd see it happening. Um, so that that's the mark of, a, of an actual creator. Um, but he told me the story where at one point he had invented a product that was allowing surgeons to train in how to do keyhole surgery. So he created this kind of uh, physical device that looked like, say, a human torso. I remember him talking me through it and showing it to me. But once you put the surgical devices, and of course I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about here, but the surgical devices into the stomach, for example, it connected to a screen where you could see online a software application of, for example, you know, your stomach or your kidneys or your liver or whatever. And um, remember, he told me with great excitement that NASA, the American Space Agency, were very interested in using this particular product and software to hopefully train their astronauts, believe it or not, to, to complete a surgery, just in case somebody, for example, got appendicitis up in a space station, that they actually, obviously, you can't get a surgeon unless somebody luckily was one, but it'd be unlikely, but they would be trained to do this. Um, and so they would have to be trained in doing keyhole surgery on Derek's device before they go to space. And I always remember him telling me a story. He was very excited. He went over to NASA. I believe it was Cape Canaveral, you know, as a, as a child, you remember... Certainly, I remember watching rockets being launched here and all that kind of stuff, maybe the, the home of NASA. But I remember when he came back, he told me, he said, he's unbelievable. He was brought in to meet this um, leading astronaut. I think it was Captain something or other. And he was brought down a very sparkling white corridor into this extremely clean, spick and span, white, high-tech room with very little furniture, like it was metal and... It was just a screen on a on a table, and he said, "Look, Captain, such and such will be with you shortly." And so he was kind of sitting there, setting up the product for a demo, getting ready to talk, and he just started to uh, mooch around the room, waiting for the captain to emerge. And next thing, you heard this voice: "I see you like that uh, that bit of art on the wall." And he was like, "Who's that?" <laughs> there was nobody in the room. He turned around, and he saw Captain such and such on the screen on the table this is before zoom now and it was like that um floating 
the guy was up in the space station. Can you imagine that? And he proceeded to do the demo and have a conversation with this captain such and such in the space station at that moment above Earth. And how amazing is that? And that's kind of the world in a way that Derek lived in. Although he did say to me that was particularly James Bondish uh, more than normal. Um, now, he did start off as a very shy guy. Um, certainly when I first met him in that job on board Nimona, he was very quiet. He rarely ever spoke. He did have a very cool car, though. It was a Vauxhall White Cavalier. And while he was very quiet, he, he had a good sense of humor. And you could see this guy had a very sharp mind. But what's been interesting, and, and this is where I would take encouragement for everybody, is that as we went along on our journey together, you could see him evolve. You could see him come out of himself. And obviously, if you go up to set up a company and invent patents and help other companies exit and sell and create value and make a difference, you know, that's not the sign of a person who doesn't talk. Um, but the signature part of Derek was that he was probably, very, he was one of the most colorful people you could ever meet in terms of visually, you'd never forget him because he would wear clothes that most people just wouldn't dream of. And within the guys, our group uh, of friends, you know, that's what he became known as. And I remember he just didn't care what people thought of how he looked. He just didn't care. And that in itself was a gift. And he just wanted to express himself through his clothes and then ultimately through his business and through the way that he decorated his home, his family. Just He was just very true to himself. And that, that probably is the thing that I admire the most about him is that he just didn't care what you thought. He wanted to express himself. And that is a rare thing, but it's a beautiful thing. Um, I always remember going out with him one night um, in Dublin. This is going back again when we were single boys and meeting him and thinking to my, in my mind, thinking, dear Lord, surely he's not going to go out wearing that. I mean, the, I, he was, he, there's nothing kind of in my head match. It was like green trousers, you know, red shoes. It was a big jacket and a cravat, a scarf. It just, he looked like, as he said himself, he used to call it the odd time the gay Berliner, even though he wasn't gay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, literally within the next couple of hours, I always remember two walking down the street and two separate women who didn't know who were unconnected, both stopped and said, oh my God, I love your style or I love your shoes. And he'd just be delighted. And I'd be thinking, oh my God, what am I missing here? <laughs> and you know, most of us, I think, and this is, I suppose, me coming back maybe to you and as the listener to the podcast, is most of us care too much really about what others think. Most of us don't really express our real selves. And maybe you could think about that. Uh, maybe we could take inspiration from Derek as I'm sharing you a little bit of a very tiny, tiny slice of him today. Is like, where do you care too much about what people think? What, people think of? what would you do differently if you didn't care what people think, whether it's your work or your life? Like, where are you not being true to yourself? And even in a work context, how, how much of the real you is is showing up in work? How can you improve it? Or even what about your personal life? Are you really showing up as yourself? Um, one of my personal favorite quotes of all time is um, from the bard Shakespeare. Like, to thine own self be true. And it follows as night follows day, that that can't not be false then to any man. And for me, um, my friend Derek was a great example of just somebody who was very true to himself. And I think life is too short not to be you, not to be the real you. 
and maybe from this episode you can take some inspiration to express that more in terms of your truth whatever that is thank you for listening today i appreciate it if you've got this far bye-bye